0: What's up guys, welcome to the Humans of MarTech podcast. His name is John Taylor. My name is Phil Gamash. Our mission is to future-proof the humans behind the tech so you can have a successful and happy career in marketing. The main takeaway for this episode is to try and send your welcome emails on behalf of coworkers who live in the same shoes as your target users. So if you're in B2B, chances are you're using your own product or at least um, maybe a coworker is and let them write the welcome email for your new users. This is especially powerful when you serve many different verticals. So one example could be like if you sell to marketers and sales reps, ask new users to identify whether they're sales or marketing in the signup process and send the welcome email to marketers from a marketer at your company who showcases how they use the product for marketing use case and then do the same thing for sales so it creates uh, empathy right off the bat and um, sending the welcome email to sales reps from someone on your sales team who showcases how they use the product Um, so kind of like creates that empathy right off the bat so phil you showed me
1: a nice uh, screenshot of a conversation you had i think that was kind of the prompt for this episode Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that to, to get us started today
0: Yeah, so quick shout out to uh, Elite Marketers and Founders Slack community. Uh, This is started by two uh, Ottawa slash Toronto marketers, uh, Joel Masambi and uh, Thomas Kalafa, two really smart guys. But they they've got a really cool community kind of going now. Are Are you in that Slack channel too? Uh,
1: I was. I'm a member of a lot of Slack channels. I sign sign out. Sorry if I if if you want me there. Uh, I'm I'm bad on Slack. If you haven't figured that out.
0: Yeah so the the question was about um email onboarding flows. So basically just like, hey, I'm, I'm redoing the onboarding flow for, for, for my B2B company and uh, just asking if anyone has kind of uh, any, any things or experiments that have worked really well in the past. Mm-hmm. And I know like you're constantly experimenting with stuff. Like uh, when we worked
1: together, we we were running large scale experiments everywhere. Basically, anytime we could come up with a valid excuse to to run an experiment, we did. So I'm sure you've got some data. Do you want to share share some of your data on this and what's worked for you in the past?
0: yeah so when i answered the slack channel i i, I kind of like prefaced it by saying that and like this this might only work if your product uh like targets multiple different segments or users and you know that's that's usually the case but it's not always the case. Like if you only sell to marketers, for example, um, kind of this like niche use case, there still might be like different segments of decision makers, like the the marketing manager who's going to be using the product, but you might be talking to the marketing ops person who's going to integrate with the product. And then the director is the one who's actually going to like sign the bill. So there's still like different personas. You can still like get into segmentation. Um, But uh, yeah, I kind of want to like preface that.
1: It also seems like there's an element of, you know, drinking your own champagne or eating your own dog food, whatever you like in that phrase, right? Like if you, if you don't use your own product internally, I mean, at some capacity, I know I've worked with like hardware and electrical engineers, like, yeah, most of us aren't using that product, but there's always somebody in house who, who does have that expertise. So mm-hmm. I think you can think deeply, but I think there is an element of, of, you know, your product has to have some, you know, traction internally as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um when I was thinking of like a way to um kind of explain this with with an example, I was going through like some of the different tools that we could do. I was trying to like find a company that uh, maybe has a, a, a product that caters to to multiple different segments and ended up landing on Basecamp. Uh I went with a project management tool because like, man, there there's so many project management tools out there. And in part because like it, it caters to a bunch of different verticals, right? Like Basecamp sells to marketers, sales teams, like product teams, finance, like you name it. Everyone like has a type of use case for a project management tool, right? Yeah. Basecamp is such a good company. They
1: do so many things, right? So I'm very curious to walk through this example with you. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So I I went on uh, Basecamp's website. I went through the the trial signup process. There's there's nothing too crazy that kind of stands out. Uh, At one point in there, they're asking you to identify if your company or your startup has these departments or anyone in the company that has these roles yet. So they specifically point out uh, sales teams, R&D teams, marketers, finance, and managers as kind of like a general bucket. And then they even ask for your use case. Like what are you planning to use Basecamp for? So I think like compared to most onboarding processes, it's pretty typical, but they're asking a bit more information and like at the end of it in, in the CRM, whatever they're using, there's, there's quite a lot of details on the, the demographic profile of those trial signups.
1: Yeah and I went I just went through the sign up uh, process this morning and it there's always this balance of you know how many questions do you ask to get the number of users that you need into your into your account you know there's always like this ru- rule right the more questions you ask each question you know decreases the number of people going through but the trade off of course is that you know you know exactly what what the end users are using your product for. You can design a better product and you can reach out to people and you can actually have meaningful conversations with them about, about their usage. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Like you, there's, there's ways of inferring that data in in a way like we, we could probably do a full, a full episode just on like inferred segmentation. Um, But like, let, let's assume that like for, for this, this example, like you can totally ask this um, in, in the trial signup process. Like when, when I've tested this uh, at a few companies, it's um, like form, form two is kind of like tell us your role or tell us your use case. And we're doing the same thing that Basecamp did and basically putting people into the, like those most common uh, segments of like verticals that uh, sign up for our product, basically. So I went through the um, account sign-up process, got the welcome email kind of five minutes later, but uh, I was actually kind of disappointed. I, I don't know if I was surprised <laughs> that there was not like a ton of segmentation in there, like. Basecamp is still a tiny team, so like email segmentation and onboarding is probably super low on on their list of priorities. And mm-hmm. uh, kind of like a small anecdote here, I uh, way back when I think like three three years ago, they were hiring for uh, a new head of marketing, kind of like the the first role on the Basecamp team that was focusing on marketing. Forever, the company has like never really had a dedicated person. Like the two founders and the rest of the company is kind of done marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I specifically uh, like didn't apply for anything uh, like that, but I, I like, I, I think I saved the job posting somewhere just cause I loved it so much. Um, but in the posting, uh, they, they said something like this job isn't about email nurturing, though very important. The scope of this role is much broader. And so obviously that makes a ton of sense. Like head of marketing isn't going to like just focus on, on email onboarding, small team. You got to prioritize a bunch of shit. So not like throwing shade at them for not having done this, um, mm-hmm. but like um, a, a little disappointed, if you will.
1: Yeah. And it's curious, right? Because you, you and I have such a background in, in email marketing and automation. It's funny, right? Because so many folks and so many companies look at these email segmentation and we've seen the power of these in terms of conversion rates, but like look, make no bones about it, right? Uh, going from a generic you know, everybody comes in, you, everybody gets the same email to you making usage of the, all that form data. Um, it requires some strategy. I think our web personalization episode talks about the same types of, you know, uh, background or information that you're going to need or to mm-hmm. set up. You're going to need to be able to facilitate this. So I can see that, you know, there's there is almost a diminishing returns for some companies on email uh, on emails and, and onboarding. What are your thoughts on that? Like, you know, do you just stick with whatever? I'm just going to have something there so that end users have some information. And I see this a lot, particularly with the bigger companies or like, welcome to your account. And then you never hear from them again. <laughs> and then you also have the other side, which is like the marketee's emails. Well, I guess your third side, which is then you're bombarded by salespeople who are attacking you all in every platform that you, that you live on. Um, so anyways, w- what approach... E- do you like best and and what do you use in terms of like rationalizing that to your boss saying hey we're going to build you know either personalization or we're just going to stick to some kind of generic flow
0: yeah it's a really good question and i think that like not not to, to go with a cop-out answer here, but like it obviously depends on like the the amount of manpower you have on your team, or like the amount of resources you have, but like also prioritization, right? Like if you're a small team like Basecamp and you maybe have like three or four marketers on the team and like tons of inbound leads coming in, like there's there's a lot of shit to do and segmenting your onboarding emails though, though they might have like um, specific impacts on like engagement and potentially driving more revenue down the line. Like it's not, it's not a high impact project. And, I would I would argue that like in in the case of Basecamp, there's there's probably still a ton of stuff that's that's higher on the list there. So, um, when when you dive into like email segmentation um, and and doing more of like drip campaigns for different personas, that's when like you're you're kind of getting into that scale up mode. So. Your marketing team is growing. Um, you have like enough salespeople to handle um, multiple different uh, leads and trials that are coming in. Mm-hmm. So like your your company is growing. You have a bit more resources, and there's like hopefully more research done on like the the personas and the customer use cases and and all that stuff. So um, yeah, like if you're a one man marketing team and a startup and in, in its early days, segmentation isn't something that you're uh, gonna prioritize uh, kind of in in the first year, but like, mm-hmm. like, Like eventually as the team kind of grows and you get more insights on the customers and like uh, if you're asking these people in the trial signup process, like who they are, uh, why not like customize that, that first welcome email and get those people to success a bit faster.
1: Yeah, totally. I, you know, not to go too much further down this tangent, I think there's something that, that folks listening can think of as well, is that these email programs, the they're the end outcome of a lot of this type of segmentation work. You you can get value to your segmentation work without having to act on that information from like a marketing mm-hmm. content like you integrated into your reporting. Do these, you know, if you're Basecamp to somebody who says that they have an R&D team, you know, are they more likely to be successful with your product than the marketing team redesigning, redesigning their website? Um, this type of information eventually makes it out into the market. Last point I'll make on on this is why do I like segmentation in emails, even if the, the, the results may not actually be like, you know, 10x what you would get if from a generic email? is as you position your products and as you develop your products and market, you want to establish your positioning and your messaging in the minds of your prospects. You want to make sure you get that right. And if you have a multiple vertical strategy, you're marketing to marketers or you're marketing to developers, you're going to have very different messaging. And it's important, I think, to have a consistency of that message. So, you know, that's, again, it's probably more of a final mile thing for email programs than, a, you know, your, your alpha launch, but um, keep, keep the, these things in mind
0: yeah that's a that's a great point like the the if you're asking those those questions from a, a demographic standpoint on like your sign up forms and you don't have the bandwidth or the resources to, to do anything with that from like an email onboarding or personalization perspective you mm-hmm. can still totally use that data for like other purposes right like if if we're asking like what someone's role is when they sign up for the trial process and like you said like let's look at like cohorts of those people like are uh, are there way better conversion rates to paying customer from a specific vertical like let's go and do some targeted ads at those guys or like let's let's try to carve out more of those folks and get them into the signup process so there's still a lot of insights you can get from from asking um those questions up front um i'm, I'm just like wearing my email marketer hat and uh, every time i see in a product someone asking me questions about my role my company what i'm going to use the product for or whatever behind the scenes, I am secretly hoping that in the onboarding process, they're going to use that information that I gave them to like, help me get acclimated with the product faster or get to like my wow moment faster. Mm-hmm. And in Basecamp's case, it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so talk us through that. They didn't,
1: they gave you all, you gave all this information away and you're like, okay, great. You're going to personalize my experience and you're going to make me you're going to give me a wow moment. So that's a trade.
0: Yeah. So email, welcome Welcome email comes in and it's from support at at bakescamp.com. So that's like my number one uh, flag there. Like it's so easy to just make this welcome email come from an actual human. Uh, Even if everyone on the planet knows that that email is automated, that welcome email still gets a ton of replies when it's being sent from a human, right? like, Dave Gerhardt is famous for like writing that the email of like, hey, uh, this is an automated email like flat out saying it in the first line, but like it was written by a human. and if you reply to this like I will actually reply to you. So there, there's there's ways of personalizing this. like it just feels a bit cold. Welcome to Basecamp uh, from support at basecamp.com. but I'm sure there's like a team of humans behind that so I can probably reply to that and, and get answers pretty quickly. Yeah,
1: I think it's interesting, right? There's this uh, receipts, right? We want to... If you're going to... if We're all... We're not naive. We know you're sending auto emails. We're all doing it. So just come straight out and say it. It's the same thing with marketers and selling things. I find sometimes we're, we're just terrified of actually doing the thing that uh, results in revenue for for a company. So even in emails, like, so many people want to dance around, like, hey, have you checked out our pricing page? Like, no, buy the damn product. Like, it's not that bad. <laughs> like, it's not a bad word. This... We're, we live in a capitalistic society. We buy things normal. Um, okay. So let's say like Jason or Andy at Basecamp and uh, we hire you to upgrade the, the, the email program. They listen to the podcast and they're like, oh man, we need this Phil guy to do it. <laughs> what does is, what is a welcome email look like? How are you going to impress the shit out of these guys?
0: Yeah, so let's uh, let's go back to some of the questions that Basecamp was asking uh, me in the sign up yeah. process. So they asked for job title, and um, they could also look up specific words um, that they put into that role bucket. But they were asking what departments we have set up in our team already, and um, if Basecamp knows someone from R and D or finance uh, or a specific team, like you can you can use some of that data. So um users signed up and we we had to like pick one of five roles as the the sign up process so basecamp had marketing sales r&d finance and managers mm-hmm. so So like the the quick playbook to this is basically like what Basecamp did and a lot of product teams will have this set up for the marketer. So like instead of doing like one really cool welcome email that gets sent to like all five of those roles, step one is nominating one person in your company for each of those role buckets. So Mm -hmm. like if you're the marketer, you can send out that email yourself or pick like a senior marketer on your team, pick a salesperson, R&D, like try to find someone who is as close to possible as the shoes of like that, that target user is right. Like we're trying to build empathy with that first welcome email here. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I love, I love the idea of like nominating one person from each of your, from, from each of those departments, like the idea, like project management with everything comes back down to that collaborative. So Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah, it was it was a cool exercise. Like every time I've done this, um, it was fun. Like you you get to wear like almost your your reporter hat. And like usually when you're a marketer writing emails, you're kind of going off into the bat cave and then sending out the copy to a few people, whatever. And there's edits, um, but like when you're working with a subject matter expert into writing an email, you're almost like taking off your writer hat and you're putting on this reporter hat. Like you're asking questions and trying to figure out like how this person in your company is using the product and how you can highlight this in very quick ways and kind of like bite-sized formats in in the welcome email basically.
1: Yeah, and something I do once in a while, more of a rough draft than anything else is kind of draft out case studies for some of my persona work, right? Mm-hmm. Uh so w- what did, what do I envision being the ideal experience? Like if I got these guys on the horn, you know, a year after they they bought Basecamp and became power users, what 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 are they going to say? And then, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it's a tall task to map that back to a single email, but it, it everything starts you on that path.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. So. So in Basecamp, so going back to Basecamp's example here, the the welcome email, um, they they ended up hiring head of marketing, uh, a dude called Andy. Follow him on on uh, on Twitter. He's uh, he's got awesome stuff. So the let's say that cool. the welcome email to marketers comes from Andy, uh, their head of marketing. He shows Basecamp in action, and like maybe in the email he's like showcasing a recent product launch um, that they completed, and he walks through like in a quick video maybe like the daily process for running the marketing team through Basecamp, like the product itself. So if you're a marketer, you just signed up for Basecamp, um, there's like 150 different ways you can use Basecamp. But that welcome email comes from Andy, who's got a very familiar job title. He's welcoming you with the type of language and like empathy words that you're used to. And he's showing you how he's using the product for the same marketing use cases that, you know, could be a value to you. So flip that a switch, let's say you're R&D. So R&D email maybe comes from DHH, uh, their famous CTO. Uh, in, in that email, he probably reminds you that he created Ruby on Rails uh, in the welcome email, but he's, <laughs> he's probably like really well able to craft uh, uh, a different message for the technical user, right? Like someone who says they're R&D compared to a marketer in Andy's email. Um, so maybe that email from DHH talks about like Basecamp 3's API improvements or how, they internally break up user stories into subcomponents and how they use subtasks inside the product itself. So, more into the weeds, but like, you know, talking to a developer who's testing out a project management tool versus a marketer, like, those are two different, uh, very different people.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I love like one of the problems I've always noticed as a marketer is that as you get from you know product land to the market itself, particularly if it's a technical product, I've had, you know, obviously what work my work at Clefolio. This I'm kind of the target market for the product mm-hmm. itself, so mm-hmm. so it's it a natural fit. But in the past, I've worked in other companies where it's not the case, and what I notice talking to customers is that, um, you know, customers are are particularly looking for use cases and applications like how are you guys using it um you know i want to get the most value out of this and totally everybody has this sense that in t- like your team the company making the product has some kind of secret like oh yeah you, you want you, you, you not only do we have the the front end that is like super awesome but then we got the back end stuff we got some secrets that we'll show you on how we're using this and i remember I know just a a side side story. I remember years ago, we did an open house at Clefolio and we had basically everybody in the community come in we served them pizza and beer. So we got tons of people for the beer at least. Um, And we put up our our dashboards on, on all the TV screens around the office. And we probably had like two or 300 people come through. And I noticed that for me, I was in the marketing station, obviously. And so many people came by people who are far more experienced than me saying, Oh, I didn't know you could report on X, Y, Z this way. And it starts this dialogue of, well, oh, yeah, like this tool is so powerful. Um, and I think the flip side of this is that, I, that the reason I love this is that like you create this instant connection. But beyond that, you're actually like talking to people the way that they have seen and come and stumbled upon your uh, product itself. So mm-hmm. you actually like become, become way more familiar with, with what their world is. You build that bridge between the customer and yourself. Um so talk to me a little bit about just like okay people start replying what what does that look like
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's actually like one of the f- uh the most fun parts about this. So like you, depending on like the volume of, of trials and signups that you have coming in, like this this you might have to build internal processes for for dealing with with some of this stuff. Like let's say marketers is like your mm-hmm. your biggest niche, and like um you're driving like 300 marketing signups per week, uh, and there's maybe like 25 ish replies in your email. Like that's 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 a lot of time to dedicate to to replying to folks. Mm-hmm. Um, but depending on the stage of your company, like the, even though it's not something that I can scale necessarily, um, in the early days, like there's tons of insights in those conversations that you can have with those people. Right. And like, you can improve the email over time as well. Um, but I, I've actually like one of the cool kind of side stories with this as you're working with like different people on your team to write out those welcome emails on their behalves um, I, I like the option of letting them own the replies like you're going to be sending those emails on behalf of them so it's going to be their email address and if someone replies directly to that like you can make it go somewhere else whatever but like the, the whole point of this like uh, building empathy and that instant connection is to have that that person's email address the real email address mm-hmm. so I'm a big fan of letting them, uh, like the, the internal employees, like deal, uh, with those replies, like on a one-to-one basis. And like, if it hits a a volume where like you, they, 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 can't like carve out enough time to do this. Um, then, you know, obviously you, you build processes around that, but you know, marketers and sales and customer support—they're—they're they're always the teams that are closest to the customers. And other departments like finance and R&D like might be a little further away from that like mm-hmm. customer-facing uh, role. Mm-hmm. So, like getting to, to to write the welcome email for new R&D verticals that are signing up for your trial, and you get to like have conversations and see what type of feedback and questions these guys have early on. Uh, mm-hmm. I think those are like super super valuable um, nuggets of information that can. come from these replies yeah so so cool so cool how do you how do you
1: sell this to the people maybe not sell it but how do you enlist people internally how do you you know characterize it to them in terms of what's the work uh how do you train them so that you can trust them like as a marketer my stomach dropped a little bit when you said oh yeah let them them manage replies i'm like oh i don't know if i want to do that um but I, i i totally agree with the approach right like it's the right it's the right thing everybody in the company should have Uh, Such a strong understanding of messaging that they can message on an email, but, you know, Mm. reality and and, uh, ideals are two different things. So (laughs) talk me through that.
0: In the early days, we had—I uh, think—I I forget if it was like monthly or bi biweekly meetings. But we, when we first launched this, we had like this review process where all all the, the folks that helped me write the emails and the emails were being sent on their behalfs. Um, we would meet up and we would talk about you know like the volume and and the replies and we would have this kind of qualitative discussion um, about like uh, the replies and the conversations that that folks had. And uh, it was it was obvious uh, in the early days that like. Um, Some folks were way better at responding um, Mm. than some of the other ones, but it ended up also just being uh, like having a conversation about figuring out what like what the use case is behind that question and then just like punting that over to the right support person and like maybe staying on CC and like providing context from like the use case mm-hmm. perspective but in terms of pitching this uh, internally and especially like getting buy-in to, to, to have folks like help you write the welcome email and have the email being sent from them like I'm trying to like picture myself a couple of years ago pitching this to like our head of engineering and saying like yeah you're, you're gonna help me write that welcome email and you're gonna manage the replies of everyone like like uh, I don't remember how that went exactly, but I I had initially pitched this as a very short segmentation project, and um, I did a quick A/B test on like just a, a generic welcome email versus a, a marketing uh, vertical email. So like folio like we were specifically targeting marketers as one of our personas. So. One of the, 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 first early tests that I did was just like, let's AB test our, our generic welcome email versus sending uh, a marketing specific use case email from me uh, to everyone that signs up that says they're a marketer. So like we, we had an instant lift in engagement and number of people that replied to us, number of people that booked a demo. Uh, it was really a nice way to, to facilitate an early conversation. Um, and it, like, it was instant buy-in from, from our sales team after that, because like one of the the biggest pain points for the sales team was like, we, we can't get like trial signups to reply to our emails. Like we, we like these guys they are good value, but like we can't get them to, to follow up with us. So now the emails are coming from different folks with different use cases and um, the appeal is, uh, is a bit better. And, you know, kind of like that, that instant connection more likely to, to engage with the email and reply.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that I've noticed in my career, which has surprised me a few to more than a few times is how much like particularly technical groups within the organization i'm thinking your D folks your engineers your developers whatever they don't talk to customers very often mm-hmm. um, and and it is always surprising to me when i talk to them and they're like what are the customers saying like they're desperate for customer feedback right they mm-hmm. hate i've never met an engineer who likes to build something in the back cave without understanding how anybody's going to use it they're trying to solve a damn problem right and <laughs> This is how you end up with these weird juicers that cost way too much money and you can just hand squeeze them. And, you know, like, so it's really interesting, right? Like there's value point here, particularly for for connecting people uh, like internally with with the customers, getting them to, to hear the pain points, hear hear the successes, be, be part of that. And even if it's a short short time, I think it creates, you know, some value that is beyond that, uh, the measurable conversion rate click-throughs opens, all that stuff.
0: Yeah, totally. So we're not saying that like, it's the, the best welcome email ever, but you know, it's uh, totally something to to try out. And I think it's uh, a great way to make the most of your welcome email in your onboarding. If you've got someone in your company that's like super close to your target user, chat with that person and, and have them uh, help you craft that welcome email and create that instant connection and empathy with uh, your users. So give it a shot, uh, let us know how it works.
1: Awesome, yeah, thanks for this, Phil. This is an awesome playbook. Peace.